Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood once again on a Monday night to answer all the questions that Loyal Vault members put in about Georgia football recruiting. And Jed and Trent, this this show comes on the heels of a big victory for the University of Georgia over the then-ranked number three Clemson Tigers. And, you know, Jed, Trent, talked to uh, some people and saw how many were there following social media. It looks like Georgia had around 50 or more prospects at that game. So, Trent, a lot, of, a, a lot to, to cover here tonight. But, you know, right off the bat – out of that Clemson win and, and things that how Georgia used people, anything that stands out to you uh, recruiting wise from the Georgia Clemson game? I mean, I think you got to look at the defensive line. I mean, um, you, you look at Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, guys like that, what they've done, uh, what they did in the game. You, uh, I mean, you look at, you look at guys like Bear Alexander, um, Walter Nolan. I mean, that would be the first, you know, uh, phone call, text, whatever I would be making after uh, a game like that, a display like that, holding Clemson to two rushing yards, um, seven sacks. I mean, you, you would think any defensive line would want to join the party on, on that. So uh, I think uh, watch watch the D-line recruiting and uh, and see if there's a, uh, a little momentum going from that. Jed, uh, certainly, you know, a guy that you've followed pretty closely, Kay and Lee, he was there with two of maybe the more inter most interesting characters in this entire recruiting class with uh, the class of 22, that is, with uh, C.J. Madden and Kristen Miller. Uh, just what what's the energy you saw from the Cedar Grove guys there at the game? I mean, just, you know, it, I mean, crazy, crazy stuff going on there. But, you know, with the tweets and all that, what did you see out of the Cedar Grove trio there? And Kay and Lee, you know, it's that's it's hard to do in a group that features Kristen Miller and CJ Madden. And Kay and Lee almost look like the most excited out of the three. The, the video, I don't, I'm not sure whose Instagram story it was on, but it's the three of them. They pan back to Kay and Lee behind, him, just screaming at the top of his lungs. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that trio, you know, obviously three three guys that are very much in play. Um, for UGA, you know, two guys in the 22 class, and Kay and Lee in the, as in the 23 class, but you know, they seem to. Seem to be very much enjoying themselves. I'll say that. Oh, absolutely! And I will say, I was I was in the stadium. I was at at Charlotte uh, at the game, Bank of America Stadium. Saw guys like Ethan Nation and AJ Harris walking around. Actually, they were sitting in the in the Clemson uh, section that was over there, right, not too far away from me. But you know, there was a lot of talent, not only on the field, as we saw with those two teams. I mean, just. Unbelievable defense being played by Georgia and Clemson out there. As you mentioned, uh, Trent, you know, how could defensive prospects not like what they saw out of Georgia? Well, I mean, it was the the excitement and the atmosphere in there. Talked to guys like Sammy Brown, who's a 2024 player who lots of people think it has a has kind of an inside track to Clemson, but he was just overly impressed with what he saw out of Georgia's linebacking core because that's where he's going to, you know, play in the future is at, at that linebacker position. And, and uh, you know, a lot of the guys, Jojo Stone, even in the 2024 class, was just very impressed as well. So he's an athlete that will play on the offensive side, but that didn't even matter to him in that defensive game. He just loved the atmosphere and what happened with those two type of programs. And one thing I wanted to mention, guys, I think a lot of people – don't give 
these prospects enough credit in terms of how educated they are by some of these mentors that they have and their parents and some coaches on the fact that it's week one of a college football season. They may not see everything that team has, but they're kind of planting seeds there. Trent, you know, kind of talk about that. I mean, how how much do you think maybe us sometimes covering recruiting and also uh, fans who love to cover, you know, follow recruiting can overanalyze what these kids think about one particular game? Yeah, I mean, it one game is not going to make or break um, you know, a, a decision, uh, for, for a recruit. Now, uh, I, I think the momentum, uh, will, can, can kind of swing one way. You know, a lot of people are talking about the dogs right now. A lot of people are, um, up about them. And, but I don't think this one game is going to, you know, alter decisions, but I do think, uh, the, the display that, that Georgia was able to put on the field, um, it was important that they came out and, and played well and, you know, and, and, and showed, uh, specific recruits, you know what they what they could join up to be, and I think like Barrett Alexander, who was uh you know in the stadium for this game, and and guys like that, it, it really hit home for those guys, especially when they're you know have a top two, they're down to two, and uh and uh you know making a decision here in three or four months. I, I think this is a game that that, kind of, that will be on the back of his mind for a while, but uh, at the end of the day, he's going to make the best decision for himself. Now, like 2023, 2024 game, uh, 24 kids. They won't. I mean, they might remember this game, this atmosphere in a couple of years, but it ain't gonna make a break or decision. No, absolutely not. I, I don't. I don't think so on that. Um, Jed, one thing I thought was interesting, I tweeted out early on was, you know, I tweeted out before the game, just seeing Brock Bowers warm up, how it looked like, you know, the way that him and JT Daniels, even in warmups, were in sync and in rhythm. It looked like okay, this could be a Brock Bowers showcase, and that's definitely what it turned out to be. Pierce Sperlin, Oscar Delp sitting in the stands together watching that. I mean, Jed, that had to – I know it's maybe not be a, a decision maker in terms of the performance of Brock Bowers, but that had to plant seeds in both of those minds and and also with Pierce Sperlin already be committing, committed to Georgia. Uh, I mean, if you're a guy like Oscar Delp, you had to like what you saw, right, Jed? Yeah, and, and that's it's kind of funny that you know we're having this conversation now, and then the kind of joke for the past three or four years is oh, when Georgia going to throw the ball to the tight end? When Georgia going to throw the ball to the tight end? They come out in, in the biggest regular season game they've had in a while, and Brock Bowers gets what I think three targets on that first drive, I think, in his, in his first collegiate game. So, yeah, you know Oscar Delp and Pierce Furl, I think they were sitting together at least for for a part of that game, and it's hard not to imagine Pierce is telling Oscar again, yeah, that that could be you next year in the first game. I think Georgia opens up with Oregon next year. That's the, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game next year. And it's hard to not imagine that was sort of Pierce's recruiting pitch. Look, that could be you next year. You could, this could be you in the Georgia. And let's not forget, you know, the, the targets John Fitzpatrick got that, um, that Brock Bowers got. Darnell Washington's not even playing, you know, how many targets could he have gotten last night if he'd been fully healthy? So, the, the usage of the tight end is certainly on the upswing with the talent they've got in that room, and, and that's only good things for Georgia on the recruiting trail. No doubt. And Todd Hartley was very proud of the tight end performance, you know, tweeting out uh, hashtag tight end tough uh, when, he, when he was celebrating the Georgia victory. So definitely a lot for them to have in their arsenal in terms of the Georgia coaching staff now that they're able to go out to high school games and things like that and, and visit people to, to talk about stuff. And – I, before we get to our questions here, I did want to touch on some of those guys that that came 
to the game in terms of like a Michael Daugherty. Jed, you taught that you covered him. You'll have something probably coming out on him uh, on him on UGASports.com soon. A very versatile athlete, a guy who is able to do a lot of things on the field. But, uh, you know, he told me, he said, hey, I kind of had a feeling that Georgia's defense was going to gonna rise to the occasion, and, and boy, did they. You know, just talk to people about Michael Daugherty and how special of a prospect he is after seeing him in their 42-6 to victory over Alpharetta last week at Grayson. Yeah, I've, I've never seen – and obviously I haven't been doing this very long, but he's he just – you watch him play and he screams future star. As you know, he started the game, he lined up on the outside of boundary corner. Um, he moved inside of the slot. He lined up at linebacker. I mean, he had a really impressive play where he sort of, and you know, it's hard to tell if he lined up at linebacker or just came down, but he blew right through a tackle and got a sack. I mean, he plays all over the field for that defense. And he told me after the game, I asked him, you know, do you have a position, <clears throat> a position that you prefer? And he just said, I play football. You know, if it's linebacker, if it's safety, if it's outside corner, whatever it is, that's where I want to play. And he excelled all over the place. He's one of those guys that, you know, he and it, it, it kind of reminded me of Caleb Downs, honestly, a little bit watching him just as a guy that plays safety, but is always around the ball. I think I had him at eight or nine tackles, you know, unofficially. And it's he was all over the place from a variety of positions and a guy that, you know, I really expect Georgia to be in on hard going into that 2023 class. Trent, you've talked about it before. Grayson has not been a high school that has been very fruitful for Georgia in terms of targeting and recruiting and things like that. We talked about Griffin Scroggs and him being committed now to the University of Georgia out of Grayson High School, how that looms large and, you know, he could end up impacting some of his his teammates there and, and being a, a positive, you know, recruiting force for Georgia. But just, I mean, I want you to touch on it again. Georgia's already been in the upper echelon of recruiting, but if they're able to start reaching into Grayson, you know, potentially to Buford, to some of these untapped areas in the state of Georgia that they've not been able to get to. I mean, that recruiting could even perennially go up at that number one slot almost all the time. I mean, is is that how big of a difference those kind of guys could end up making? I mean, no doubt. I mean, you got like Owen Popo is at Auburn, uh, Wanye Morris at Tennessee. Now he's at uh, Oklahoma. Um, I mean, you just got you got kids that have gone all different places, and and a lot of these kids, uh, you know, didn't necessarily grow up in Georgia. But um, if you can get your, uh, if you like, I said, if you can land one or two um, uh, kids from there, like they already got Griffin, uh, you can land a daughter, a kid, uh, you can start seeing that take off. And I mean, yeah, it it would make life a whole lot easier when uh, you're missing on some of these key in-state guys. And I mean. Uh, uh, Grayson's had their fair share of four and five star guys um, come out. So if you can start hitting on them prospects, and I mean that that would be a uh, outstanding uh, kind of school to get into. So you mentioned Buford too, and then Buford, uh, Grayson, uh, getting into the I mean Gwinnett County schools. Uh, just just overall, I, I think if Cedar Georgia Grove, goes, Cedar yeah, Grove, Cedar Grove. Yeah, if Georgia can start landing these kids, uh, it would make in-state recruiting a whole lot easier and, and get them from. Uh, going to Clemson, and I think that's one big reason to get the momentum kind of back on Georgia's side with some of these recruits because a lot of these kids are going to Clemson, not necessarily from Grayson, but just just uh, Georgia kids uh, in general. Well, Clemson it definitely does have a inside track at Grayson through the Mickey Kahn uh, yeah. connection there, former head coach at Grayson. Now, um, I believe he's a uh, 
I believe he's an analyst there right, right. now, currently defensive analyst. So uh, Mickey Kahn, definitely a lot of roots there with the, the Clemson connection. But before we get to our questions and things like that, guys, I just wanted to say in terms of Georgia and the only reason this game may be a little bit different, I know we've, we've said and we've made clear single games are not going to make uh, or break a, a commits, you know, process in terms or a prospect's mind in terms of, okay, I'm going to this school or that school. But when you have something that is such an anomaly that we saw on Saturday night and how dominant Georgia's defense was, and you mentioned it, Trent, two rushing yards given up. I mean, seven sacks. The DBs who were much maligned coming into this game for Georgia were plastered to those receivers, those athletic receivers for Clemson. I mean, there was hardly any room at all. The, the, the biggest fault you can find with Georgia's defense is that they were maybe too aggressive. You know, the pass interference. I mean, Keith Ringo tackling the guy in the, in the end zone down there was, you know, some of those egregious pass interference calls. But other than that, I mean, guys like a Caleb Downs, Guys like a, a Michael Daugherty back there in the secondary, on top of what the the players like Kristen Miller and C.J. Madden, who will end up being an edge guy, Michael Williams, you know, there was probably a lot of eyes tuned into that game and had to to just had to just plant that seed of man. I've never probably seen a defense as dominant as that in a big game. So. I, I think that one may be a little bit different. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think any of us expected that. Trent, I mean, when we've been talking about that for for a couple of months now in terms of how will the Clemson game impact, I think all of us, and be fair to say, would were thinking this would be a game and where the winner would have to score 30-something points to win the game. And I think that's going back off. Uh, I mean, if you look at Clemson the past, what, five, six, seven years, that that one thing they're going to do is they're going to put up points. One thing they're going to do is they're going to have good quarterback play. And, and majority of the time, they're going to be able to run the ball. And um, it it just didn't work out for them this past Saturday. And I and I think re recruits, you know, recruits watch these games. Recruits were watching the playoffs last year. Recruits watching the playoffs the year before. Recruits watching the playoffs when you know Clemson's won the national championship, been in, been been on the big stage, and they've seen them have success on offense. And just to see Georgia come out and totally dominate, and I know that opened some eyes to some guys. I'll be honest with you, Jed. I think probably the thing that was bigger than than even the performances when you got Quavo, you know, partying in the locker room with you after the game, that has a bigger impact. I mean, you've been around the, the guys, you've been around the kid. That that kind of stuff has as big impact as anything, does it not? When you when they see Quavo and and uh, you know, others over there, Thomas Thomas Davis, a former NFL, you know, player there, rocked up with his Georgia basketball jersey on on the sideline. So I mean, that kind of stuff has a big influence on these guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's a little bit like Trent said earlier. One game doesn't it, – it's not what makes or breaks these kids. It's it's relationships. It's experiences. It's, you know, all that all that kind of stuff. So, when I mean, you're a recruit and you're seeing guys you – know, you're seeing the whole team party with the, with a rapper that I guarantee that all these kids listen to. It that, – that, that makes an impression on you. It's one of those things, especially like Trent said earlier, those 23 and 24 kids that might remember this game a couple years down the line. They're going to remember that too. They're going to remember seeing the whole team partying with Quavo in the locker room and, you know, and w whatever videos of Kirby come out later of him trying to rap and, and you know, God <laughs> forbid those videos come out. But yeah. that's, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that makes impressions on kids, even more so than you know, it's like, let's say Kane Lee, for example, since we talked to him, I asked him last year, what do you remember from that Georgia Clemson game? I remember the atmosphere and he'll remember seeing that stuff on Instagram too. So 
it, it that's like you said that's going to be a huge thing for a lot of these kids i'm sure no doubt and one thing we like to do here before last thing before we get to our questions we like to do a fall in the future piece which uh i've got that done today it should be out maybe uh either if not today tonight sometime sometime tomorrow um is you know being able to follow how these recruits are doing branson robinson was in a game uh against um against it lake charles prep and he ended up having 20 carries for only 61 yards, but three touchdowns on the game. So he made the most out of those 20 carries, scoring three touchdowns. Michael Daughtery, like you, when you covered uh, Jed, he had nine tackles in that game, a couple tackles for a loss. So he was flying all over the field. But Sammy Brown, another, Sammy Brown is someone that Georgia is going to prioritize. I know everybody's saying, oh, well, he's probably going to be – I don't know why everybody's going to go ahead and say that he's a foregone Clemson guy because Dan Lanning and Glenn Schumann and Kirby Smart will be all plus Malachi Starks is making the the connection with him they will be all over Sammy Brown Trent Sammy Brown had he returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown in Jefferson's win over Southside from South Carolina this past week he then rushed a touchdown in and then also he recovered a fumble on defense and returned it for a touchdown all in the first quarter so, Sammy Brown, we've talked about it before, but Trent, just the athleticism and the speed combination at that size, he's going to be a superstar for years to come. Oh, no doubt. And and, and he's another guy that you, that you would just love to see. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Georgia would love to see in, in that, uh, that scheme that they're running. You know, you, you just watched the linebacker play the other night. You just watched N'Kobe Dean and all those guys flying around, and that's another guy that could – uh, come in, and, and I know that he sees he could see himself flying around in that defense, similar to what they were doing. And I think um, it, just the way they were blitzing those guys, and I think that had to stand out to him. Just for reference, Sammy Brown right now is the same size and every bit as fast as Nicobe Dean is. I mean, at, right now as a sophomore in high school. I mean, he's every, same, same size as weight. Yeah, I mean, he's getting close. He's a, he's what two uh, two? He's two thirty, two thirty five. He's got to be taller. He's six six foot three. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> taller. But I mean, in terms of his weight, he's already there. So Sammy Brown's a, a big target as well. Dylan Bell, last one there, guys. He had a, a electrifying kickoff return for a touchdown, and also um, he rushed it in. They use him as a Wildcat quarterback a lot at Kincaid. So Dylan Bell had a su successful night there. Guy that I really think you're going to see jump up those charts as time goes on. So we're ready to, uh, with that. We've touched on following the future. We've taught the impact of the Clemson game, some guys that we, we saw there and what they saw out of that game. Are we ready to take questions? Sure. All right. So I'll let them roll across the bottom and I'll read them out to you guys. How Mark Dog one says, how did the game affect Georgia's positioning with Andre Green, if at all? Well, it was a 10 to three ball game. Uh, that is not something probably that is going to excite receivers. Um, I, I'll, I'll kind of slip this in there. Shaz Preston dropped his top four today, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. And I talked to Shaz Preston's father, Sean Preston, and he said they were sitting in Mississippi State's stadium watching them play, watching his brother play, his brother who plays for Mississippi State play Louisiana Tech and they saw the the score going on there and they just kind of looked at each other and said man when it's a big game Georgia's going to rely on that defense not in a bad way but they're just saying Georgia's got that that defense to rely on so I don't know that this game did anything to move the needle with an Andre Green I mean Trent what what's your what's your thoughts on that 
No, I, and I don't think you're going to see the full potential of this uh, th- this Georgia wide receiver core until you get some guys back and start opening it up a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I don't think this game in particular was, was you know uh, something that wide receivers are just going to draw over because I mean the, I mean Georgia passed for what 150 yards and yeah. Clemson probably passed for 160. So um, I, I I don't think this is a, a you know a game that's going to turn heads for wide receiver crews. But I think that could happen down the line as Georgia um, it gets gets more uh, gets some of their guys back and and the, the passing game starts to to push forward a little bit. And Jed Andre Green didn't have a lot to be excited about this weekend at all because the three schools that he was kind of really um, seen to be the most excited about throughout his recruiting process: it, Georgia, Clemson, and Penn State. None of them. Penn State put up the most points of the week out of those three with 16 in an absolute rock fight against Clemps, uh, against uh, Wisconsin up there at Camp Randall, coming away with the victory, however. But, you know, if anything, some of that maybe maybe Andre Green, you know, his excitement about Clemson diminishes a little bit with the absolute train wreck they had of an offense. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that's what I was just going to say. You know, he wasn't just watching Georgia's passing game. He was watching Clemson's as well. I think um, one of our rivals analysts posted a, a quote to, to our message board basically saying he thought – basically all he said was he thought it would be a higher scoring game um, on both sides. So, it's like I said, I don't think it was – this is a game that um, is, is definitely going to move the needle in a positive way. I don't think it will move much in a negative way either just because, you know, it, it's a first game. On Georgia's side, obviously there's injuries. On the Clemson side, you know, how much of the passing game can be chalked up to – you know, DJ Yui Agalele running for his life all night. So um, I, I don't think it I, – I don't think it hurts Georgia, I'll say that, and I don't necessarily know that it really helped Clemson. I think it's – you know, if anything, it's probably a, a – whatever you call it, net neutral from from going into the night. Yeah, a program I would uh, think that maybe some receivers got excited about too, and being honest, is, is Texas A&M. I, I know Haynes King had some inconsistencies and threw some picks, but that's an exciting offense in terms of Anaya Smith mm-hmm. and Isaiah Spiller, what they were able to do with those guys versatility-wise, and then they've got Chapman running deep. They were they were, they were were letting it loose. I mean, uh, Haynes King didn't connect on some of those deep balls, but they were they – were, Jimbo was taking shots over there as they beat Kent State 41-10. to 10. So that's another program that Andre Green Jr. is interested in. But this is all going to come down to these official visits and things like that for Andre. Uh, he will take one to Georgia. Uh, I, I feel almost sure about that, that he'll be in Athens for an official visit at this point. All right, question number two uh, from Will Stockdale. UGA seems to be in the hunt for most on the wish list, but way more than we have spots for at wide receiver, DL, and DB. How many of each do we take, and how specifically do you see it shaking out? Um, Trent, they're at 16 commits right now. That could, you know, 16 give or take, depending on how – this roster is kind of massaged and these scholarship opportunities are handled because let's face it, not everybody that is committed ends up being a scholarship guy Uh, that, that that changes and it's fluid. But I would say right now, if you want to take it on face value, you're looking at nine spots left. So Trent, if you had to give your best guess, how do those nine spots break out going forward in terms of by position, by numbers? I'm mean, gonna say you take 
a wide receiver, a tight end, um, maybe yeah, off- seven left after that. Uh, uh, maybe an offensive tackle if you can get the right one. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean uh, offensive lineman. Uh, I know they're look at Ernest Green and, and uh, a couple of big guys, but uh, that that offensive line will be, uh, you know, to be determined. Um, I think you'll take two defensive linemen, um, two maybe three defensive backs, uh, and then um, an edge guy, and then an edge guy. Yeah, yeah. I well, I think I think they may. I think. They like you said that offensive lineman is not guaranteed in this class. I think they could end up just taking the two Griffin and and Jacob Hood, um, because if they get the right two edge guys. So let's say you know everybody here I believe has a future cast in for CJ Madden to Georgia. Feel pretty good about him ending up at the University of Georgia. He's going to be an edge guy. Then you've got. Uh, can they get back in the good graces with an I white Shamar Stewart is very high on Georgia and, and will be, you know, taking an official visit this fall, Georgia's angling for his last visit. So if they could get to a pair there and I agree as possible, as many as possibly three defensive backs, if you can get Kamari Wilson on board, if you can get uh Jaheim Singletary, which, you know, Jed, you've, you've talked to him recently. He's very high on Georgia on Will Muschamp on, on Kirby smart on Dan Lanning, all of it. And then Julian Humphrey is sitting out there as well. Um, haven't been able to get with Julian yet on his reaction from the Georgia Clemson game, but as soon as I do, that'll be over on on the vault and uh, talk to those guys. But I think if you get three DBs, two edge guys, so that's five out of the nine, a tight end, a receiver, that's seven, and then you got two more spots to kind of to kind of play with there. Um, and see if you can do different things. But Jed, specifically on the defensive backs, everybody feels good about Kamari Kamari Wilson. I believe right now with Georgia, that you know he he was really digging what he saw his reactions publicly on Twitter during the Georgia Clemson game. But Jaheim Singletary, that's the the big one out there, number one ranked corner. You talked to him recently uh, in terms of being down there and seeing him that. The way that Georgia played coverage, Darren Kendrick, uh, Keely Ringo, those kind of guys out there, that had to had to make an impact on him in that in that Clemson performance. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I've tried to get in touch with him, haven't gotten him yet. I'll keep working on that. But it it seems like Georgia's trending. And you know, I, w- I wouldn't say they're the leader right now, but but definitely trending positively. Just for a couple reasons. Obviously, he came on that visit to Athens. He loved it. Loved Kirby. Loves Will Muschamp. Had a great visit. You know, I talked to some people down there when I went to watch him play. Said he really wants to play in the SEC, which you know, obviously Miami, another strong contender, is not in the SEC, and they also got got smacked. It is in the SEC this weekend, so defense is a mess too. Yeah, he, so, he may he may see Miami though and say, "Hey, I could play all five true. of their DB spots right now and couldn't that's, do any yeah. worse than what." And that was awful. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things, you know. It it kind of seems like you know, there's there's a couple different factors that are playing into Georgia turning positively for him positively for him right now um and it's like we talked about this before you know if it they might take two defensive backs or you know they'll make the room if it's singletary humphrey and wilson all want to commit though they'll make the numbers work you know how however that needs to shake out so um but yeah he's kind of the the biggest domino kind of standing out there in the in the secondary class right now yeah, if, if, let's just let's just call it what it is. If Georgia were to land Kamari Wilson, who I think is the best safety in this in this entire class, and then J- Jaheim Singletary with already the defense that you're seeing putting out there by young guys, uh, that Georgia defense. I mean, you talk about it just 
to the victor go the spoils and and the rich get richer i mean that, that's what that would be if they're able to do that realistic uga fan 1191 version 2.0 love that love that name there on the vault what should we expect on offense versus uab pound the rock or will we try to get aerial attack going any concerns with this matchup as a trap or let down game all i'm going to say is this uab is not someone to be taken lightly in terms of they're going to be very well coached. Bill Clark is is a tremendous football coach. UAB, since that program went under, Bill Clark was the coach. It, it, it no longer existed. They brought it back. They've really invested in the program since it has come back. And they've got a quarterback who's experienced. He's a senior in Tyler Johnston and is going to really, really, you know, do well in terms of how he distributes the ball. They came off 31 to nothing win over Jacksonville State. So, yeah, I mean, there could be – if Georgia doesn't come with just the same intensity that they did against Clemson, there could there could be a little bit of a letdown. But offensively, um, and this is more for kind of Paul and, and, and Ben's show on, on Sundays, things like that, but um, offensively, Trent, I mean, what do you think? Is, is it really going to be more of the same until they start to get some of these weapons back? No, I think I think they'll try to stretch the field a little bit. I think I think they were just trying to keep drives alive against Clemson, and that's what they did, and they were successful. You look at time of possession and stuff like that against Clemson, and Clemson only had the ball. It seemed like for uh, I think they said seven plays in the first quarter against Georgia, and that's exactly what that's exactly what Georgia wanted to do. I mean, they didn't put any points on the scoreboard, but they were able to keep. Uh, they were able to keep the defense off the field, which showed in the you know the second half they were they were still flying around just like they were in the first half, and it was able to sustain some drives. and And I think you'll see Georgia uh, try to develop more of a vert- vertical passing game, try to get uh, Burton, uh, try to go downfield a little bit more, take some more risk. I don't think uh, at, and we had mentioned this before that Georgia did not want to make that mistake that Clemson made that ultimately won the game for Georgia. And uh, and I think you'll see a little bit more risk taken next Saturday. Well, another thing you're going to see is UAB is not as big in terms of stature uh, on their front. So Georgia, in, in my opinion, will have some more explosive runs. And what that will cause is that'll cause UAB to bring a safety down in the box. And when that does, there come your shots with an Arian Smith or the Jermaine Burton. So, you know, Clemson was able to handle the running game with with six, five and a half, six in the box and be able to have safeties come down. And then also they were uh also they were playing to cover three a lot, you know, some some loose zone and being able to to take away the deep threats right off the bat. So I th- I don't think UAB would be able to play Georgia like that because of the caliber of defender out there. I didn't it, realize that I, I, another thing, I didn't realize it until uh Dabo said it and I went back and watched the game that they were dropping eight in coverage. I mean that's <laughs> that makes life especially when you're when you're low on depth at wide receiver, it makes life hard for a quarterback. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Jed, uh I'm let you handle this one. ASU dog has been hitting us with this for the last couple of weeks. I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. I honest I'm a I will I love to be transparent on this show. I do not know a lot about Horace Lockett from from Westlake, but Jed, tell us everything you, you've kind of figured out here with our our sister site, the Georgia Tech Georgia Tech board over there on uh, on Rivals. I too do not know a lot about Horace Lockett from Westlake until about let's see what time is it till about forty five minutes ago. Um, he's a he's a big guy. Um, I was I was honestly a little surprised at how big he was. He's listed at 6'6", 325 on his rivals uh, rivals profile card. Committed to Georgia Tech July 
late in July. Um, you know, I, I read an article from our, our uh, Jackets Online site, and they said basically he committed, or publicly committed on July 25th. He'd been silently committed for a while before that. And, you know, at that time, you know, he told, or told our Georgia Tech writer he wasn't really thinking about any more visits. You know, he was kind of locked into Georgia Tech, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, last weekend did not go well for Georgia Tech. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, is stranger things have happened. Um, you know, it is. I mean, it, they've already I, flipped one from Tech. You know, but I, I, in exactly. terms of, in terms of Griffin Scroggs, but I'm not sure that Horace Lockett is a guy. I mean, with you're talking about with Walter Nolan and even right. trying to get back in with Travis Shaw, Kristen Miller's out there, Sean Washington. There's a lot of guys that I think are higher in the pecking order. But ASU dog, we we definitely wanted to answer the question and thank you for submitting it. What's up, dog? Uh, he he put hypothetical future cast, Nolan, Shaw, Burden, Evan Stewart, Alexander. He said, um, he also said, and I didn't I didn't have room to put it on here, but he said, Are your thoughts of signing us one? What are your thoughts of Georgia signing one or more of them? Uh, and he asked about the defensive performance with from Clemson impact. And uh, you know, in terms of if we were gonna put hypothetical future cast in i would put a hypothetical future cast in for walter nolan at this point anywhere in the top three which is a and m or tennessee but georgia i just don't see him at georgia right now now did that change change with the clemson thing maybe so but you're you got guys that they're in there with with like a a Kristen miller um bear alexander i think is is much more close to that line of of uh falling back into the fold with georgia than a, than a walter nolan uh Trent, Travis Shaw, I mean, you've you've heard any rumblings on there of uh, reaching out to, to Travis lately? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that, that Travis Shaw was reached out to um, after the game. And, and you know, I, I, I would – at this point right now, I would be surprised if Georgia doesn't land one of those big defensive tackles um, that, and, and maybe a Christian Miller to go with them. But, I mean, as far as which one, I think Bear, Bear Alexander would be the m- most likely at this point right now. Um, you, know, you know, Travis Shaw just recently committed to North Carolina. North Carolina was a mess the other day. We'll see how that season goes. But uh, I, I think Bear Alexander would be the, the, the obvious choice at this point. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to – I'm not going to, you know, eliminate uh, Nolan or Shaw. I, I think Georgia's going to keep pushing there, and I think, uh, I mean, you know, they're in the top three for Nolan. They were in the top three for Shaw before that went to, and it, it would be Clemson and Georgia, uh, the other two teams for Shaw. So uh, I, I do think Georgia's going to land one of them, uh, but uh, we'll just wait and see as the season progresses to see which guys get on campus and 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 what happens with Shaw. And but I I would. Uh, Bear Alexander would be the one that I would probably if I had to, if I had to put a future cast in, I'd probably put it on him. Yeah, and as far as Evan Stewart, that's that's just not going to happen. And you can leave that that one alone. Luther Burden, um, Georgia's definitely in it. Uh, Missouri, you know, they didn't look great against the Central Michigan. He was there uh, on hand for that one, I believe. Luther went to that game, so you got to wonder, you know, what he's what he's saying about that. And then he'll be he'll be down in Georgia for a game uh, later on this year. You know, he's coming coming for for an official. Luther is so. Uh, it, it, look, Georgia and Missouri, kind of the the top top two right there, you know, with with him having decommitted from Oklahoma. And let's be honest, uh, the it's not looking good for Oklahoma. <laughs> if you're going by week one performance, Oklahoma almost lost at home in a game they were trying to be nice to Tulane, and Tulane almost took their generosity and shoved it, you know, right up their tails over there with a forty to thirty five 
barely escaping. But Luther Burden is absolutely electric. He's a guy that I know Georgia's going to put all the chips in in the middle four over there to try to bring in in this class. And whether you know whether whether it's Luther Burden or you know a guy maybe they can go out and try to try to flip somebody later on the year if they get this offense rolling. I think that will be good for Luther Burden to see. But it's all about relationships. And another guy, Shaz Preston. I think right now, Shaz Preston and Luther Burden are your two most serious candidates in terms of a elite receiver that you could add. A lot of people like to dismiss Shaz Preston just because he's from the state of Louisiana. Like I said, um, Shaz Preston is very strongly considering the University of Georgia. I would put, I would put, you know, tex- Texas and Georgia kind of on that same same threshold with him right now. And and you know, there, there's a lot to see. His, his, his dad told me today that they're they're working, they're scheduled to try to get out here for a Georgia game, but they're trying to see as many of his brother's games this fall with him being at Mississippi State as possible, with it being Shaz's last uh, last fall without being a college athlete himself so they're trying to enjoy that as a family but you know he'll try to get out there and know that 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 would be huge for this class and then last one we have from dog by you jed i'll let you fill this and williams singletary and humphrey who jumps uh jumps to us first they had to love what they saw saturday night so jed if you're a lot of hypotheticals here but if you're if you're rolling the dice uh williams and i guess he's talking about michael williams there uh, unless you meant to type uh, Kamari Wilson because they're all DBs, but Williams, Singletary, and Humphrey. Uh, I think I think let's go with he meant to maybe type Wilson there. So Wilson, Singletary, or Humphrey, which one do you think commits to the University of Georgia first, if any of them? Uh, definitely not Humphrey. I mean, not not to say that Georgia's completely off the list. I just that that momentum that might have been there. You know, after he came to Athens, I know we came late in July. It's it's. Not not to say George is off the table for him. It seems to have cooled a little bit just to the point where, you know, he, he's not on flip watch every single day, you know. So between Wilson and Singletary, um, I mean, I, I don't Wilson. think Singletary will commit. Oh, what did you say, Trent? Kamari Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Kamari Wilson. Yeah. I, I, I would definitely I say, say I was going to say the same thing just because I know Singletary. Yeah. I was going to say Singletary yeah. not going to – I don't think he would come – he would do it until he comes up here for a game. So I would I would say Kamari Wilson too. Yeah, Kamari Wilson, his family, you know, we reported here on UGA, over on UGASports.com that Kamari Wilson and his family, they bought, you know, several hundred dollars worth of Georgia, uh, Georgia, you know, Georgia gear and things like that. I don't know if they're doing that when they're going every, to all these visits and stuff, but, you know, they were in a store stocking up on Georgia stuff, so that would probably be a good sign. Uh, and you can get that kind of information if you go and become a member of the vault. You can get that's a couple weeks old now. So you can get all that kind of stuff if you're a member of UGA sports.com on the vault. But guys, that's uh that's we we kind of hit it right here. That's all the all the questions that I had from people on the vault. Um, I'll look over here on YouTube real quick if anybody had any anybody some some talk about Dan Jackson from from where Trent and I are from, Gainesville, Gainesville, Georgia. Uh, Trent, before we get off uh, of the the broadcast here, Dan Jackson, man, you know, you talk about recruiting. Uh, Georgia's very selective in their preferred walk-ons as well, and Dan Jackson is a perfect example as to why. Oh yeah, and Kirby's raved about the kid, and uh, and he's, um, you know, he had a good spring too. He had a good spring game. And uh, his hard work and and everything just kind of paid off. It with, with Tyke Smith uh, missing that missing that opener. Uh, it kind of 
Uh, I thought when Georgia went to a, like a dime package, they might bring an extra cornerback, but they didn't. They brought in Dan, and um, he kind of rolled, I guess, uh, scene down. And uh, it, it was interesting to see. And uh, you know, I thought he played well. I thought he played well on the back end. And but I, but I think that is another thing that that Georgia's looking for to add that safety depth. Um, uh, and and I think that. Uh, you know, I don't know who the fourth safety is because I don't know who's behind Dan Jackson. But uh, but I thought he played well, and uh, uh, I mean, it, it was it was nice to see. You know, Dan's dad's my actually my dentist, so uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty neat to see him out in the field. There there we go. Dan Jackson definitely is uh kind of earned it earned his way onto the to the field there, and of course Georgia does have some depth issues there at safety, but uh, Dan nonetheless has earned that earned that playing time and that. Uh, Tying it back into recruiting before we go, Julian Humphrey, they're they're actually talking to him about, you know, they could see him playing safety, not just corner as well. So there, there, there's the possibilities never end. But guys, that is gonna do it here on this Monday edition of the Georgia recruiting rumors versus facts. Make sure to follow along on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe over there. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button for us before you get out of here if you hadn't done so already. Turn on notifications. So much content coming your way now that we're in the the Georgia football season. And uh, Trent, Jed, we'll we'll catch everybody next time on rumors versus facts. <laughs>